Does Dak have more worth than Josh Allen? Will the Titans win Super Bowl 56? Is Kyler Murray leaving the NFL for the MLB? Tune in to find out and join me on today's NFL journey. What is up, everybody? My name is Keanu, and I hope you are having an amazing day. As always, if you do enjoy the podcast, be sure to share it with your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, even your dog. And if you can't stick around for the entire show, check out my YouTube channel, Kick Off with Keanu, to watch select parts. Obviously, we are here to talk about some football, so let's kick off with Keanu. So it is June, uh, probably the most boring month uh, in, of the year in terms of football. So I did want to spice things up for this podcast, and I compiled my own list of the top 10 most untouchable, most untradeable, most valuable people in the league. So let's start off at number 10. Travis Kelsey, tight end of the Chiefs. He's arguably the best tight end, or at least top two in tight ends in the league among George Kittle, of course. And the reason I say he's untouchable is because he's pretty young. He's played, what, seven seasons? He's had five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, 1,400 receiving yards last season as a tight end, which is insane. He missed one game in the last six seasons. And the Chiefs' offense, to be honest with you, would not be the same without it. But reason why it's at only at number 10 is because the Chiefs also have Tyree Kill as well as McCole Hardman and, a bun- and Patrick Mahomes, of course. Number nine, we have Derrick Henry, uh, just an insane beast of a person. Let me list some stats for you real quick. Three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, two consecutive 1,500-plus-yard seasons, seventh player to eclipse 2,000 yards in the season rushing, and he's averaged 15 touchdowns over the past three seasons. He averages five yards per carry in the past three seasons. Those are some insane stats. Reason put I put him above Travis Kelsey was because he's the main component of the Titans offense, and we all know. Titans are like, what, third in rush? They have like the second best rushing offense in 2020. Without him, they don't have a, a rushing offense. They can't run the ball without him. That's why he's at number nine. Number eight, we have Aaron Donald. This guy is a beast on the field. He's he's durable. He's strong. He's got the accolades to prove it. Three-time defensive player of the year, reigning defensive player of the year, top 10 in sacks for the first five seasons of their career, four seasons of 10-plus sacks. We It's safe to say the Rams, they're, they're not, not that they're nothing without him, but they're going to be a lot weaker, and their defense can't get things done without him because what happens for the Rams their defensive line is able to pressure so it buys more time for the cornerback so Jalen Ramsey and other and other members of the secondary can make their those plays that's why they had the number one rushing number one passing defense last year so Aaron Donald makes a big impact and he's been there for so long he's been producing for so long they're never going to get rid of him and if they did there would be riots number seven we have Aaron Rodgers, another Aaron. He's played all games in six out of the last seven seasons. He's the reigning MVP, uh, 70% completion rate last year. The drafting of Jordan Love really set a fire under his butt. 
five interceptions in 2020, highest completion rate in 2020. The only reason I have him at seven is because, well, let's face it, he's old. He's 37. We don't know how many years of good seasons he has left in him. Yes, there are exceptions like Tom Brady. You, he just continues to perform every year. But that's an exception. You don't know if how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to play at MVP caliber level. So that's why I put him at number seven. Uh, number six, we have T.J. Watt, deep Defensive Player of the Year runner-up. Uh, in my opinion, he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. He deserved it. He beat Aaron Donald in almost every category. But regardless, T.J. Watt, he's an amazing young linebacker in the league. One of the best amazing young linebackers in the league. He hasn't missed a game in four seasons. Shows he's durable. Average interception for a season. Linebackers aren't supposed to intercept the ball. They can. They're not supposed to. That's not their main job. But he's doing it. 17 forced fumbles per in four seasons. For reference, Aaron Donald has had 19 in seven seasons. And Aaron Donald is on the line. TJ Watts in the kind of backfield. Uh... Three consecutive seasons of 13-plus sacks as a linebacker. 15 sacks in 2020, most in the NFL. There is no way the Steelers, let me just say this, there is no way they would trade this guy willingly at the age he's at and at the rate he's progressing and the stats that he is producing. Number five, Lamar Jackson. He, he holds the record for the most rushing yards for a QB in a season. Two consecutive 1,000-yard 1, rushing seasons. Uh, what? 36 touchdowns and four interceptions in 2019. Yes, his 2020 season wasn't as good, but he will get back. He's still young. He still has so much potential. He's going to grow. 2019 NFL MVP. He's already an MVP at this young. That's insane. With one decent wide receiver in Hollywood Brown, 65% completion rate. In the past two seasons, imagine if he gets another, if he actually gets a wide receiver one. If he gets a real wide receiver one, he can do some real damage. And at number four, we have Josh Allen, another young QB. There are a lot of young QBs nowadays that are really good in this league. Six foot five shows that he is huge. He can take hits. He's durable. He hasn't missed a he missed one game in three years. He's an emerging superstar. We all know this. Went to the AFC Conference Championship last year. Carried his team. He went to the Divisional or he went to the Wild Card round the year before that. 11% uh, completion rate jump in one season from 58, I believe, to 69 completion rate in 2020. That is some insane progress that you that's not common in the league. And also, 69% completion rate, that is, that's top five in the league for 2020. He is something to see. 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions just last year, and he's kind of continued to get better. No team in their right mind would trade him or would let him go willingly if they had him on his team just because QBs are the most important position in the NFL, everybody knows that if you don't have a QB but have a really good team, you still won't be able to get the Super Bowl because your QB 
is the leader. He directs everything. Number three, Dak Prescott. And I know, I know, Dak Prescott, he's not the third best person in the league. We know this, yes. But he is important, and I'll just show, I'll just tell you why. Okay, so uh, with Dak... The Cowboys, he, they were the mo or the highest scoring offense and the, had the most yards per game in the league in 2020. In just five games, Dak was able to pass for 1,800 plus yards in 2020. Just for reference, that's on pace for 6,000 yards in a season. That's the most in NFL history. Uh, but after that, they were able to, they weren't able to score over 20 points. Whereas with Dak, they were scoring well over 30 points in a game. Uh, Dak had 4,900 yards in 2019, 68% completion rate in 2020. His stats are not bad whatsoever. Also, one of the most enjoyable, entertaining rivalries in the league, Cowboys-Eagles. It, it just is. Cowboys fans are entertaining. Eagles fans are entertaining. I am 100% certain if Dak... If if Dak left, Jerry would the owner would start the ride. Jerry loves Dak. Dak loves Jerry. Dak loves offense. Uh, sorry, Jerry loves offense. Dak's on offense. There would be riots in Texas and all over the country because honestly, a lot of most Dallas fans are outside of Texas. Number two, Russell Wilson. Easily the. M- reason why the Seahawks are a winning team for the past nine seasons. He is the most elusive quarterback in the league by far. It's not even a competition at this point. And he has the most awareness for a QB. He ha- he's had he's gotten sacked 40 plus times in consecutive seasons, yet he's still been an early MVP candidate every single year. He seems to drop off, but still he's had he's been an early MVP candidate every single year. And just for reference, Pete, Co- Pete Carroll's coaching record was 47 and 49 prior to Russell Wilson. He had a losing record, but with Russell Wilson, he's 98 and 45. That just shows Russell Wilson is a very impactful player. It, and he's never had a losing season. He's Russell Wilson's a winner. And as long as he's there, the Seahawks will be a winning team. Number one, I think we can all guess it. Patrick Mahomes, best QB under 25, easily. It just easily by by eons, light years. Two Super Bowl appearances back-to-back under 25, before he's turned 25. NFL MVP already, one 5,000-yard-plus season, 150-touchdown season, 38 touchdowns and six interceptions last season, and he didn't even play the last game of the season. He sat out, and... We we know how untouchable he is, but even the Chiefs know how t- untouchable he is. Just look at his contract. 10 years, $500 million. Chiefs want him for a long time. He's going to stay there for a long time. He's not going anywhere. <clears throat> okay, so speaking of good young QBs, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, as we know, he's a star uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. He's 23 years old. He reported er, a day or two ago that he is still open to playing baseball. And it says if he has the opportunity, he will definitely go for it. So just for reference or just for some context, 
He was drafted by the Oakland Athletics in 2018. He was supposed to go to spring training in 2019, but he won the Heisman that year, so he was expected to be high, uh, expect to get a, a, a good pick in the NFL draft if he enlisted in the draft. So he decided to drop baseball and pursue uh, football. Uh, and right now, this is what I see it as. He has two options. He can leave the NFL and just, just go for baseball just solely that or he can do both and there's only been fewer than 70 players that have played both the in the MLB and the NFL but out of those 70 players there's only been two that have excelled in both sports so if he wants to be great stick to one and if if NFL is your passion stick to the NFL you can play with your friends you can you can play baseball on the side during the offseason you don't have to make it a a professional career because if you want to be great uh i would just stick to one sport because then you can't really focus that much but if you truly believe you can be like neon Dion sanders or bo jackson and actually excel and become pros in both sports go for it i congratulate you so as we know that there was a lot of buzz when Todd Gurley went to go work out with the Lions. We were all like, okay, he's gonna is he gonna go back with Jared Goff? Is he gonna hook up with his fellow or former teammates? Is he finally gonna get back to his prime? Well, we don't know a lot of those questions or the answers to those questions, but what we do know is that now he's visiting the Ravens. So are the Ravens a good fit for for Gurley compared to the Lions? So Gurley's twenty six years old. Uh, he's still got a lot of good years in him. In my opinion, I was looking up his age, and I was kind of surprised that he was 26. I didn't actually realize that he was maybe 28, 29, a little older. But he's 26. He's still pretty young. He's still got five good years, really good years of just prime-level play in him. He needs to get back to that. 2017 prime Todd Gurley, where he was putting up 1,300 yards rushing, 800 yards receiving, five yards per attempt. He needs to get back to that. He can't have his lackluster 700-yard season in 2020 with 3.5 yards per attempt and 160 yards receiving. He can't do that. If he's going to put up those numbers, he's going to have to take on a role as a veteran and help grow these younger running backs and not and not be a running back that's there to actually produce but to just help build these younger ones. If he was going to – and if he were to be – or take up a veteran role, he needs to go with the Lions. Because the Ravens, they have, what, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, who else? Justice Hill, Tyson Williams. We'll just talk about J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, because they get most of the yards, or just the carries. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, if I am correct, J.K. Dobbins is around 22, 23, or in Gus Edwards twenty six, either that or just flip the flip the two. One of them's twenty six, and all I'm trying to say is that if one of them's twenty six, that's the same age as Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley won't be a veteran then. There's no way. Usually a veteran's like thirty, thirty plus, and the reason why I'm saying Lions would be would be a better fit if he were to play a veteran role is because DeAndre Swift is twenty two. A lot younger than Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley has a lot more experience. He would be able to offer his wisdom, but if he 
were to go to the Ravens, they have the same similar level of experience. And there's already one person there that's 26 that can offer that wisdom. Um, but if he was just there to give his best and get back to his prime, 100% the Ravens. There is no way you would go to the Lions to live out your prime. Did you see, I believe recently, the Lions uh, issued out uh, their hat, their uh, marketing hat. It has a big L on it. Just search it up. It has a big L on it. Uh, I think any teenager that saw that would just, it just shows the organization that they're just a big L. All they do is lose. The Lions, they, all they do is lose. They can't win a game. And it's true. That's all they've been for five, six years plus. Even with Megatron, they were still a losing team. Regardless, Todd Gurley would be a very good fit for the Ravens. He'd be able to improve the rushing offense a lot because uh, if he were to get back to his prime, we would have J.K. Dobbins, who could give you 800 yards, Gus Edwards, who could give you 700 yards a season. Lamar's giving you 1,000 yards plus per season. And if Todd Gurley got to his prime, he'd give you 1,000 yards plus per season. That is close to 3,500 yards in a, se- uh, in a season for that team. That would be good. And it's just, it would help them because, remember, the old line for the Ravens, it's kind of breaking down. They lost Marshall Yonda to retirement. They lost Orlando Brown Jr. to the Chiefs. They lost Ronnie Stanley He's coming off an injury, but we don't know if he's ever going to be 100% because injuries, uh, especially ones that require surgery, we don't know how that player will act uh, until we see him on the field. Okay, so uh, Deshaun Watson, my, my, my. I haven't seen him in the news in a while, months actually. I think the last time we saw him was towards the end of the season, 2020 when he said he wanted out of Houston. But he kind of went quiet with all his complaining about, oh, I want to get out of Houston, trade me, trade me, trade me, trade me, trade me, when he had legal issues, uh, approximately 20 lawsuits from will- women alleging sexual misconduct. Uh, and after all that, now, a day or two ago, he says that, okay, I want to be in Denver. There, And... On the uh, on the Akib Talib, uh, Catch and Fades podcast, uh, Kareem Jackson, Broncos safety and former teammate of Watson, says, and I quote, I have a great relationship with Deshaun. I've been talking to him the past couple of weeks, man. And like he's always been telling me is like, look, Jack, just tell me that's where I want to be. So basically, Deshaun wants to go to, Bron- to, the- to Denver. Denver has a really good team. They just need their quarterback. Drew Locke's not producing. Maybe if Deshaun went there, they could be a playoff-caliber team. Uh, but as of right now, they only have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I don't see it happening. But Deshaun, yeah, he wants to go to Denver. That's the team he wants to go to. But while he was saying that, Ian Rappaport came out, and he kind of silenced all these rumors. He was saying... The thing is, is that he might not be able to go to Denver. Look at all the sexual misconduct allegations he still has to deal with. And what if they're true? What if they're not just 
allegations and they're false. Look at Michael Vick when he, when his uh, image got destroyed when in his career. He barely got a job with the Eagles. And he was harassed after that because of what he did. And it took years for people to forgive him. And still people haven't forgiven him. So Watson might actually end up staying with Texan, with the Texans because they're the, ones de- they're the ones that are dealing with all of this press and all these allegations toward Deshaun Watson. And they haven't released him yet. Deshaun, might, he might not even suit up in 2020 or 2021 because of all these allegations. So the only way I see it is that if he wants to play in the Broncos, these allegations need to be false, and he needs to get oh he needs to get them over with fast. Recently, we all know Julio Jones went to the Titans. Uh, maybe it was because of AJ Brown's uh, recruiting skills, <laughs> uh, but but it brings the question up. Are the Titans contenders or are they pretenders now that they have Julio Jones? And I say they're contenders. Yep. So 2019, just let's put some context there. They lost in the AFC Championship, Conference Championship to the Chiefs. 2020, a year later, they lost in the AFC Divisional Round to the Bills last year with 2020. They were third in yards per game, second ranked rushing offense, 23. Third ranked passing offense, which surprises me considering they have AJ Brown and uh, they have AJ Brown, which is a developing potential superstar in the Liga in wide receivers. They had the fourth ranked points per game scored. They they almost had 400 yards per game uh, and their offense improved from 2019. But this is what surprises me the most. This is kind of what basically supports the fact that they could actually be pretenders is that they're 28th in yards per game allowed, 28th in ranked passing defense, 19th in ranked rushing defense, and 24th in ranked points per game allowed. This is the reason why they the Titans can't win the Super Bowl. But you can... If they if they can improve their defense, I just even by a little bit, just even by a little bit, which I believe they did this year. They did improve their defense just a little bit this year. So I think if they can get their defense together, even if they can get their defense to the form it was in 2019, they will be fine. They'll be perfectly fine because with the addition of Julio and just returning to that 2019 form defensively, they are 100% contenders. Because Julio Jones, 32 years old, he's got a couple of years at least left in him for good prime performance. He's a veteran. Not only will he produce 1,400, 1,500 yards a season, he will develop A.J. Brown. He will mentor him. He will develop A.J. Brown into a superstar, 100%. Julio Jones, 96.1 yards per game, the highest in NFL history. That adds up to 1,500 yards plus per season. Julio Jones is averaging 1,500 yards plus per season if you play 16 games. He's the fastest to reach 10,000 yards receiving in 104 games. Calvin Johnson did in 115. Jerry Rice did in 121. 
He gets you yardage. He gets it fast. He gives you a solid 14-plus games per season. He's durable. Titans need durable. Every team needs durable if you want to win a Super Bowl. 2020, even though he played nine games because of an aggravated hamstring strain, he still put up 800 yards, and that's almost 80, 90 yards per game. That's still very good. In his prime, if he were to return to that, which he needs to in order for the Titans to be contenders, he put up a around average of 1,700 yards in, tw- in the years of 2015 and 2017. And he had around 110 yards per game. If Even if he averages 1,400 yards per season, as he has done in the past six, in the past, uh, six of eight last seasons, uh, He will have better coaching, so it's going to make it easier to do that. He would be able to elevate this offense immensely. And one thing while I was doing all this research to see if Julio could actually be uh, enough so that the Titans could be a contender, I was looking at, okay, wait, the QBs. Wide receivers don't pass to themselves. They don't get themselves the... They... They get the yards because the QB throws the ball. A wide receiver needs an accurate QB. A wide receiver needs a good QB. Let's compare Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. So, Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill are pretty similar. Not in yardage because uh, Ryan Tannehill had A.J. Brown. He A.J. Brown's not as good as Julio Jones. Not right now. Matt Ryan had Julio Jones, who's giving him 1,900 yards one season, 1,700 yards another season, 1,400 yards around six seasons straight. A.J. Brown hasn't done that. That's why Matt Ryan has exceeded Ryan Danhill in almost 1,000 yards each season in the past, for last season at least. But if we do look at their touchdown to interception ratio, 2020, Matt Ryan had 35 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Tannehill, 33 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. In the year before, Matt Ryan had 26 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Tannehill was a lot better. He had 22 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. And he only played 12 games. Matt Ryan played 16. And Tannehill, in the past two years, has roughly had a 67% completion rate to Matt Ryan's 66%. They're pretty similar QBs, meaning that the only difference is the yardage, and I believe that Julio Jones, when he's coming, when he comes to play this season and actually gets back to his prime and starts going fourteen hundred yards a season, Tannehill, Tannehill will have the same amount of yards that Matt Ryan has had in 2020, 2019, and years prior. So I do sincerely believe that the Titans will be among the Bills and the Chiefs in terms of contenders in the AFC for the Super Bowl this year. Well, that's all from me, everybody. Uh, Thanks for watching. Have a great day.